0: Alright, welcome to another episode of Piecing It Together, the podcast where we take a look at a new movie and try to figure out what movies inspired it. And it is finally time to take on the movie that I've been looking forward to more than any other movie, maybe ever in my life, honestly. We are talking about Godzilla versus Kong. You guys know I'm a big King Kong fan. We just recently did a Breaking It Apart episode on the original 1933 King Kong, which also happened to be the last movie I got to see in a theater before the whole COVID pandemic shut everything down. I saw it on March 15th of 2020 as a uh, anniversary screening, then everything shut down. I did not get to go to the movies for 30. Months, which is just insane considering I'm usually at the movies at least once or twice a week my whole life. So, uh, yeah, a weird year to say the least. But my return to the theater, my glorious, triumphant return to the theater was for Godzilla vs. Kong. There's no better way. It's almost like it was meant to be. And I went and saw Godzilla vs. Kong in Dolby, my favorite way to see a movie, of course. Uh, as soon as my vaccine had kicked in they say to wait two weeks i was good i could have went as soon as i got that vaccine but they said wait two weeks after you get your second vaccine and that's what i did two weeks to the day i was in the theater with my wife with my parents with my wife's brother Uh, a couple of friends were with me and uh We had a blast. It was great. This movie rules. I don't care what anybody says. Godzilla vs. Kong rules. And we are going to talk about it. Joining me for this one is Joe Black, who you have heard here on the show before. I did not expect to get him on here for such a big popcorn blockbuster type of movie, but uh, I'm happy to have him here. We always have fun when we have Joe on the show. So that's coming up here in a second, but before we get to it, I do want to remind you, as always, to make sure you're subscribed to Piecing It Together wherever you listen to podcasts, and don't forget to follow us on social media at PiecingPod, and join our Facebook group, Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces. So with all that said, let's get to the conversation. It's a long one. We have a lot to say. We've got A lot of Godzilla and Kong to get into. All right, I've been waiting for this for a long, long time. This is the movie I've been wanting to talk about pretty much, I feel like, since the beginning of this entire podcast. It's Godzilla versus Kong, and joining me for it... I didn't expect him to be the, the guest for this one, but hey, it, it, sometimes things work out the way they work out. Joe Black is back with us. Joe, how's it going?
1: It's going great. I did not expect to be the guest on this one either, that's for <laughs> right? sure. But I mean, yeah, I it, it makes sense it being the new Rebecca Hall movie. That's uh, right, yeah. That's, that, that makes perfect sense. Getting
0: that in right away here, I, I like it, yeah. I And Re- Rebecca Hall, let's just say, let's just start the conversation out with Rebecca Hall. Oh, um, by all means. Have you seen someone have more fun delivering ridiculous lines than she has?
1: You know, I've I've followed her career very closely since uh, she was in Vicky Cristina Barcelona. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I like everything. I've seen everything, even back cataloged. And I have never uh, had as much joy watching her in a movie as I did when she when they get really close to like uh Kong and Godzilla and she like screams it cuts from uh Scar's Guard to her and she's like ah! like it <laughs> it felt so nice to see her like you know playing if you will yeah. like cuz she's not like you, you know your typical uptight british actress or anything you know what i mean but she has like mm-hmm. a um she has a kind of like intelligence to her that sure. lends her to certain roles you know yeah. and so the fact that like she got to like you know play in the sandbox as Shane Black puts it that was that was that was half the joy of the movie for me
0: absolutely yeah the kong whisperer as it were yeah um, yeah <laughs> amazing but uh yeah this movie like i said i i was so excited for this i by the way, came into this 100% squarely as Team Kong. I, I'm just Same. a big, big fan of King Kong movies. I know we've talked about this off mic before. Uh, I, I love King Kong. Godzilla I think is an interesting character, and I've talked about this on the podcast before. I I love that Uh, filmmakers get to put whatever they want on Godzilla. I think that's interesting. Mm -hmm. I I think that there are some good movies in the canon, which is like, I don't know, probably like 40 movies at this point. It's ridiculous. (laughs) But generally speaking, though, I don't love Godzilla movies. I love King Kong movies. And while this movie is squarely within a Godzilla series feels a little bit more like a King Kong movie, I
1: think. It's definitely a Kong movie, much like Batman versus Superman was just a Batman movie that Superman right. was in. It's it's it, This is Kong's movie. Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it starts with him scratching his butt and taking a shower, you <laughs> That's know? right, yeah. That I, uh, is absolutely right. Well, I feel very similarly. I mean, King Kong, for me, the original King Kong, I saw it when I was like nine years old, and it just like floored me. And mm. I actually, they played that movie at the New Beverly a couple of years ago, and even with an audience full of adults that's one movie that like it's still as good as it was when it came out in 33 like yeah. it, it still plays the same way there's plenty of classic movies that don't play as well as they used to you know what i mean like like psycho honestly is not scary anymore it's you know right, what i mean right. but king kong is still thrilling and they've just really botched him ever since in my opinion i i mm-hmm. think i told you I think this is the best Kong movie since 1933. Yeah. And Godzilla, I feel similarly about how you feel except that I think I I don't really care for any of those movies but you would think that I would because I love absurdity. I love science fiction. I like it's that's my bread and butter. Sure. But kind of like the James Bond series, it's like I think my issue with the Godzilla series is that I don't really like the character. Yeah, I like all the stuff happening around them, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean. And there's not, I don't dislike Godzilla, but he's not interesting, yeah, to me. You know, he
0: also is an early example of uh, a problem with a lot of you know recent superhero movies, which is you know, these characters who nothing can stop them, they're like completely invincible, so there's no stakes,
1: right? Yeah, no, I, I agree. Like, you know, I know that this is, I mean, this is one of the main reasons I didn't expect to be on this show, especially was that, uh, like, up until this one, the only Godzilla movie I liked was the Matthew Broderick one. Like, oh, God. I, you know, and, and that's Joe because,
0: Black, ladies and gentlemen. I know, I know. Like, 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 it,
1: it, but I, it, that actually has my favorite joke in any movie ever. And it's when Matthew uh, Broderick is doing like a little test and he's like got the saliva sample. And the girl's like, a saliva sample? How close did you get to this thing? And he goes, I got pretty close, <laughs> <Like> I... <laughs> um, but yeah, like I, I I have so many friends out here who like adults who Godzilla is like genuinely their thing. Like they have figurines, mm-hmm. they have you know, and um and I've gone to see it with them the, the last couple, and and they walk out happy as a clam, and I walk out bored to tears. Yeah, um, yeah, but this one. uh and Kong aside, this one just right out of the gate was right. You know what yeah. I mean? It was right on the money. So
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's start getting into some puzzle pieces. There's plenty of other things around the movie that we'll get into along the way. But uh, what do you got for your first piece?
1: Okay. Um, the first puzzle piece I have is a bit of a... It, like. There are two moments in the movie where specifically that one moment is from something else 100%. And the first one I was going to do is Lethal Weapon 2. Sure. Um uh, and technically the the following sequels, but when Kong, you know, gets uh, gets ready to get back into the fight and his his, his shoulder is dislocated and he, he does the Martin Riggs and he just like rams his arm into the side of a building and, Amazing. you know, cracks his neck and he's ready to go. That was, uh, I try not to fanboy, but I, Lethal Weapon, I mean, how can you not, you know, especially oh, this it- day? it's
0: such a wonderful moment
1: right yeah like like you know and and so i i feel like the shoulder pop thing is one of those things that will actually outlive lethal weapon like Mm -hmm. and people won't remember where that came from you know like a kind of like a in team america when matt damon is like matt damon like yeah everybody does that but 90 percent of the people don't know or remember where that came from sure sure Um, yeah but uh, I'm glad to see that uh, the filmmakers with Kong, uh, with Godzilla vs. Kong, are keeping Lethal Weapon alive. Oh, yeah.
0: Since you're bringing that up, uh, let's stay in the vein of paying homage to other movies, because I think that's a, that's a great one right there. So I'll just throw in there Die Hard and Jumping Off the Building just as yes. the explosion is happening, and uh- we get... We get Kong of all people doing that, jumping off of the uh, is off of a boat. boat. I think, yeah. yeah, off of the boat as Godzilla is shooting his laser breath through and exploding <laughs> the entire boat. It's it's just a wonderful moment. It was in the trailer, but this is one of the few you saw it in the trailer moments that actually is so much bigger and better in the movie. In the moment of the movie, it's just so exciting and so great.
1: I agree. I agree. Yeah, it's not only the exact same pose like the like but <laughs> yeah, it's arms also, up, it's jumping. the exact same shot and it's in, it's perfect. It uh Yeah. I'm not going to lie. The first time I saw the movie, this is very funny. I have a real problem with falling asleep during movies um mm. in the theater, <laughs> like at home, I'm, you know, for some reason, but in the theater it's just it's cold and nice, I don't know. I fell asleep <laughs> At the beginning of that sequence, Um, I fell asleep right before he showed up. And then like, I was kind of like trying to force myself to wake up during it because the sounds were waking me up. Mm -hmm. And I woke up just in time for that shot. And I was like, "Mm, I'm missing something real good here. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, no. but I ended up uh, seeing the film a second time while on my uh, on my honeymoon in uh, uh, in St. Thomas in the uh, congratulations, Caribbean. by the way. Joe oh, Black. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> Lucky her. Um, we went to the Caribbean cinema on the island that we were on, and uh, that was like kind of the only thing playing. yeah, and uh, much to my wife's chagrin of like, oh, we're gonna go see the new Rebecca Hall movie on your on on our honeymoon. And I said, sure, All sure. right." right. But that's what you signed up for. Well, seeing that sequence in full, you know what I mean, is gave me, like, I don't know, like, I've never regretted falling asleep in a movie so much. Um, (laughs) And that payoff is wonderful. I actually just showed her the Die Hard movies, like, uh, recently. She'd never seen them. And uh, would you believe me if I told you that, like, she really loved two, which I did not see coming? Like, I, you know, that's how I found the right one.
0: Yeah, Die Hard rewatch I think is uh, on the agenda sometime soon. I, I haven't seen any of them since they came out. Basically, right?
1: I, yeah, yeah I, it's been forever. The only one that I rewatch is three. Like mm-hmm. three. Like I, I like the I like the first one a lot, but three is sure. my favorite. Three is uh, you know. And, I uh, loved three
0: at the time. I think I saw three in the theater like five times when it came out.
1: Yeah, well, I I saw it the once, but I didn't have a car. So yeah, you know <laughs> yeah. That, that that works. I was what? What year did that come out? Ninety five. <laughs> yes, that sounds about right. Yeah, I was seven. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Poor Joe, he couldn't make it back.
1: That's fine. Well,
0: That's do you fine. want to stay in the uh, homage uh, vein and, oh, yeah. and go for another one of those?
1: Yeah, I got one more of those uh, in the same big battle sequence. Uh, uh, the Pulp Fiction came mm-hmm. to mind when they when they reset Kong's little Kong heart there. Um, yeah, either ticker. pulp, either Pulp Fiction, or, or Get Him to the Greek. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, where you know, and it's it, and it's so funny that like at the beginning of the movie when the girl mentions like how powerful the little spaceship was, I was like, okay, I wonder how that'll come back into play. And then as soon yeah. as I saw, as soon as she's like, his heart is slowing down, I was like, ah, <laughs> I know where we're going with this. Sure, why not? He just got his chest ripped open by a giant lizard. Just. You know, defibrillate them. That's all. Yeah. Work for me.
0: Yeah, it's so it's so funny that an explosion doesn't doesn't hurt at all. Like it doesn't mm-hmm. it doesn't it doesn't damage the the flesh or anything. No, no, no. <laughs> just, if anything, no. it cauterized it. You know what I yes. mean? Yes.
1: Yeah. But but it 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 had that same like like that that burst of life is such a. It's almost like a cheat in in, mm-hmm. in a filmmaking book. You know what I mean? Like like oh, we're gonna get it really low, the energy really low, just to shoot you right back up. You know what I mean? But yeah. When it works, it you know, it, it's golden. That's why people yeah. do it. And
0: and if I remember correctly, in Godzilla, King of the Monsters, which was not very good, I think mm-hmm. they kind of did a similar thing with Godzilla where they like had to do some kind of nuclear blast or something to, uh, oh, to or get like him Mo- going.
1: Or like Mothra did something or like... Something like that. Who gives yeah. a shit about that one? Yeah. I, <laughs> Terrible movie. <laughs> yeah, that was really like frustratingly bad because the first one was just so dull. Like, Mm. like that was my problem with the first one. I was like, "Whose stupid idea is it?" We'll get into that later. But, but the second (laughs) one, it it seemed like, there we go. Like now we're talking more monsters, more you know, Ice Cube, Sun. That's that. That'll be the fun one. And then we got just another kind of like it was like muddy and dark and Mm handheld and all these people who keep trying to like you know redesign the wheel. It's like nah, dude. Like (laughs) in Kong versus Godzilla versus Kong proves that the wheel rolls, you know what I mean? Like Right, you right. You, you don't need to change up how you do action scenes. You don't need to, like, you know, there's a reason why Godzilla's been around longer than any of us. Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah well, and, th- and this is a movie that I think lives by the idea of give the people what they want, which a lot of the times it seems like, it seems like these filmmakers are just, like, adamantly against that idea and just right. do not <laughs> want to give it to us when all we want are to see these monsters fight and... We got it, you know. Subversion so is fitting.
1: overrated, especially in an era where people are illiterate. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I won't turn. I won't do that on this one. I promise. I won't. Do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: no. Oh, Godzilla no. Kong. You
1: know, monkeys and lizards. Well-
0: I will go on to another piece here um and you know what? I I'm going to go to because you were just talking about how how murky and muddy that that, that last Godzilla was so I I'm going to I'm going to talk about I'm going to combine two pieces here go with Tron and Speed Racer and just talk about two movies that are just so over the top visual eye candy stylized to the freaking hundredth degree with just neon colors bursting literally neon colors like bursting through the seams of objects like kong's axe you get this like glowing neon like cutting through the slits of it i mean just colors everywhere this banging huge electronica infused score it's like big and like classic hollywood mixed with electronica um one thing my mom complained about with the movie was that every scene seemed like a big, giant crescendo as far as the score is concerned. And I'm like, yes, but that's what we need. It's Godzilla mm. and Kong fighting. Like, go big. Go as big as you can. You know, and so th- those are just two movies that, um, and to me personally, Speed Racer is the better of of the two. But two movies that uh, just go big and keep going bigger as it continues and right. go just huge with it, with the uh the stylization and the color and just everything that goes into making it just a big huge fun time.
1: I I, I agree wholeheartedly and any opportunity to talk about uh Speed Racer and Tron. I assume you meant Tron Legacy. Yes, um, Tron Legacy. Yeah, yeah, I mean that's I mean both Trons you could as far as I'm concerned those are two of my favorite movies. Um Speed Racer is great. Uh Speed Racer is uh I saw that what like the week after Iron Man came out or something like that, and um, mm-hmm. I remember Iron Man seeing the trailer and thinking it was going to be like the coolest movie ever, and watching the movie and being like that was cute. And mm-hmm. then Speed Racer, I watched a trailer and I went, oh, that looks fun, you know. And then I watched Speed Racer and I was like, that is the best movie I've ever seen. Like, it's incredible. But see, they did, they got something right that the people who made this movie got right too, which is. You know, a, a big criticism that people have about modern action movies is that they're so CGI heavy, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's so CGI heavy. And I mean, what are you going to do? You know what I mean? Like 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 you're between a rock and a hard place when you're a filmmaker making <laughs> Kong and Godzilla. Yeah. So, I think the solution, much like they did with Speed Racers, you're not making um it's basically reverse Roger Rabbit, where it's you're making a cartoon with real people in it. Mm-hmm. You, you know what I mean? Like, like yeah. that's what Speed Racer got right. And that's what this movie got right. That this movie yes. is a cartoon that has, you know, the girl from Stranger Things running around in it. You, you, yes. you know what I mean? And and that works, that works wonders. It's, I can't stand things like Avatar, where like, hmm. it's all CGI world, CGI characters, blah, blah, blah. And what did he do? He shot it like a normal movie. Right. And it's like, yeah. no, dude, like your camera can do anything. Your camera can be anywhere. Your, you know what I mean? Like your actors can express to the nth degree, you know, utilize that. Yeah. Um and this movie, especially more than the last two, especially, really did that. So
0: Yeah, and and you know, there's the the Scorsese thing about these movies becoming theme park rides. And that, you know, certainly can be a bad thing, but if you're gonna do it, like go all in and just actually have fun with it and you know, don't hold back whatsoever. And there are some shots in this. Uh Adam Winger, I, I don't really know him. I I haven't seen, I don't think, any of his other films actually. He did your next, right? Yeah, he did your next. He did that Blair Witch reboot, which I didn't see either of those. Um, but he does some really inventive things with with uh with the fight scenes and with Again, it's just it's huge, just CGI, just a CGI monster fighting a CGI monster in a probably all CGI city environment. Mm-hmm. And yet he he knows to take that opportunity and run with it as far as what you could do with the camera.
1: Right. And you could tell that he's more interested in making the movie good than making him look good. Like it the sure. movie is not um it's not singular in its look, if you will. It's very mm-hmm. just well crafted. You, yeah. you know what I mean, and 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 I I really appreciated that. I saw your next after all the hype because I don't normally watch movies like that. I was working at ArcLight at the time, and other than Ty West taking an arrow to the face, I really felt the movie was a complete wash. <laughs> so I didn't see. I know he came out with one a couple years later. Um, with uh, what was it? the the guest the guest yeah, that's and I was one. just like, oh, the your next guy, no thanks, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, maybe I'll go back and watch the guest because this guy seems to be um. He does the same thing that Tarantino does, I I feel, where he's where, you know, you talk about this is a movie where you give the audience what they want, but the filmmaker also comes from a place of, well, I am the audience. Right. What do I right. want? You Absolutely. Know? And, and uh, that that makes for a thrilling picture. You know, you mentioned uh, theme park rides and that's actually my next puzzle piece is the okay. gu- is the King Kong ride nice, at Universal nice. Studios. There's like three moments in the film specifically that are straight out of the King Kong ride. I don't know if you've ever been on it.
0: It's been a while. I definitely have been, but it's been, like, probably 10, 15 years.
1: Like, especially him, like, taking the little shuttle and, like, looking in and, like, that shot where he's, like, looking into all the windows, like... That's, like, the big moment in the Kong, ride, right, is where he's, like, you're, like, going back and forth on his eyeballs, you know what I mean? I, I remember,
0: actually, uh, it was about 10 years ago, and I, I remember we went on it, my wife, Gina, and I, my girlfriend at the time, and uh, she took a picture of me, just pure joy in my face. I didn't know she was taking a picture right. as, as Kong was looking at <laughs> I was <Yeah>. like, <gasps>
1: I wish I had screen kept that that your face just did too. Yeah. Um yeah, that was when we went to Universal for the first time. I'm from Florida, so we were only two hours away. And but we didn't go to Universal until I was like 13 for some reason. And Mm -hmm. um probably, you know, money. Um but (laughs) but that was the ride that I was like, we have to hit this ride. We have to Mm -hmm. hit King Kong. And it was the first one we did, and there was no line and I, I I have never been happier for 45 seconds in my life, or however long that ride is. It, sure, um, terrific. I wonder if they'll do a new ride now, kind of like how they have the Spider-Man ride or the Transformers ride, where it's like a CGI interactive ride. Right. Um, I wonder if they'll do that now for this one. I mean, why not?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I would I would think that would be a lot of fun. I a think Godzilla come versus come Kong cool ride? stuff. Yeah. but yeah. Put
1: us in that little shuttle. You know, with the spacesuits. Yeah. That's where the movie really took off for me. Because the first yeah. time I watched it, I was like, do I like this? I mean, it's it's okay. It's hit or miss. And then as soon as they were in those suits, I was like, now we're talking. Yeah, now it's here it. we go. <laughs> you you said Tron, too. And you didn't even talk about how the ships have the little light cycle trails.
0: Right? Yeah. Uh, but I mean, look, that's just the use of color and the use of just over-the-top stylization. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely.
1: Mm-hmm. What yep. was that place called? Hollow Earth? Hollow Earth, yes. That place is so dope. That's yep. like, I mean, like two grounds. A uh, sun yep. coming from somewhere? That, somewhere. Yeah, who knows? But it's there
0: somewhere. Fuck
1: like it, man. I buy it. <laughs> What's your next one?
0: So I am going to move on to uh, South Park, the, the TV show. So I there's always every episode of South Park, at least for the last decade or so, uh, maybe not in the very beginning, but has always had an A story and a B story where each one is first of all, very inspired by things that have come before in film uh, and like classic stories of of adventure and things like that, but also things that are very in the moment. Um, And they both are more ridiculous than one another. They're like constantly trying to out ridiculous each other. And they eventually kind of, you know, combine and go to the overall plot and and create the overall story that, that we're watching. And uh, this movie absolutely does that, too. We've got the, the main characters, so to speak, that are, you know, pitting Godzilla and Kong against each other, kind of. And you've got this B story with this podcaster and Millie Bobby Brown who are, out to discover what secrets or whatever are at monarch or whatever the new company apex apex mm-hmm. <laughs> of course uh but these two completely different and completely we've seen them in giant blockbuster movies before stories and they both converge in the same way that every episode of south park seems to
1: right right i South Park they they talk about their um I've I've heard them talk about their writing uh style before and I'm trying to remember exactly how they phrased it cuz they're geniuses but they said that like their scene structure is always like you go from one scene and the next scene is uh is supposed to be a so uh so then or mm-hmm. therefore right you, you know what i mean like everything folds into each other in some yeah. way and in, and like you said a lot of adventure stories i mean every episode of star trek the next generation is an a b storyline but sure. very often they don't converge you know what i mean right. like um this movie brilliantly they do converge but no characters ever meet you right you know what i they mean never do. Of, like yeah. that that's a really that's a that's a really interesting way to go about it you know what i mean and that is the subversive. glue
0: is kyle chandler who doesn't meet uh, anybody
1: right because he's <laughs> both in godzilla and king kong i guess um, so yeah uh i i remember that king kong with peter jackson is actually where i finally learned kyle chandler's name
0: because i'd seen him (laughs) pop
1: up in places and in that he was the best thing in it so um, wherever yeah did you like that one the peter jackson one
0: i love the peter jackson king kong i do but it also it's such a just straight remake just a bloated version of a remake of the 1933 that it it kind of like doesn't even count as a you know a different separate thing and so when you say that Godzilla vs. Kong is the best King Kong since the original I feel like his remake is kind of blended in with the original for me
1: well see I felt like his remake just got it all wrong like it didn't understand the movie because the tragedy of Kong is that she's terrified of him till the end and all he wants to do is connect with her you know what i mean like like that's the tragedy of king kong it's not that she loved kong and like that that's that's you peter you love kong because you yeah. understand kong she doesn't understand kong like that's not and that could be interesting if it wasn't so um juvenile in it <laughs> i don't know i i i was 17 when that came out and i was so stoked i saw it three times opening day and because i wanted to love it you know what mm. i mean i wanted so badly and it just, like, I, I had to admit these things to myself. Because when when Jack Black got cast, I was like, that's perfect as Carl Denham. Right. And then I watched the movie, I was like, oh, he's not good. Like, and he's a good actor. Why is he not good in this? Why is he, you know, Kyle Chandler was the only person who made any sense in that movie to me.
0: How does he end up in all these movies?
1: Because he's really good. You know? <laughs> yeah, he, I guess he, so. He is. He's really good. He's even good in Wolf of Wall Street, which that's a feat in it of itself.
0: I, I just feel like the, the Peter Jackson's King Kong is kind of an update of the same thing in every sense of the word, like, update. Like, it's just, it's right. just, you know, just doing everything in a new and bigger way. But I, I don't know. We, we we, could maybe have a longer discussion of Peter Jackson's oh, King gosh. Kong at some time, because I love, I love that movie.
1: Yeah, the Canary in the Coal Mine for me when that was coming out was that Naomi Watts was going to be and Dara. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hmm, that doesn't sound right. And <laughs> oh. then watched the movie and I was like, son of a bee sting. Um what do you got next? So the next one I have is a movie that I really despised but like um <laughs> it, one best picture um which is The Shape of Water. Okay. In The Shape of Water you had the uh well, she she was she was also deaf. Right? Mm-hmm. And she could communicate with the fish monster, you know, with sign language and stuff like sure. that. And that's what, you know, their bond was built on, I suppose. And uh this movie, you know, the little girl uh, Rebecca Hall's adopted uh, island daughter mm-hmm. being the only one who understands Kong's inability to you know what I mean to communicate who he is uh, was really beautiful much better yeah I'm going here than in the shape of water which uh-huh. I found to be like shockingly offensive because like <laughs> everyone's like yes it's a metaphor for for uh, you know black Americans and, and homosexuality and minorities and, and I was like right and in 2000 and what was it 17 we're still uh, comparing minorities to fish monsters that we want to have sex with, mm. like, like that's so grossly offensive. But King Kong, like the innocence of a child being able to understand the innocence of of this, of this, you know, of Kong, like, and that being their connection, and there being no betrayal. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That was beautiful. Yeah, much better. I wonder what Guillermo del Toro thinks of this movie because he likes his kaiju's.
0: He loves his monsters. um you know, I obviously, I, I don't know if you have it on your list, but uh, Pacific Rim, you know, certainly I actively can...
1: avoid that one so. <laughs> yeah, I that
0: could that could go on a list. I, I I'm not that big a fan of Pacific Rim. I'm not a big fan of many Kaiju things, surprisingly, mm. considering that I love the idea of watching monsters on screen, I just I just don't think these movies generally uh, tend to do it very well, but definitely there's a lot of parallels with Pacific Rim, but uh, yeah, The Shape of Water. I think good puzzle piece to bring in here.
1: Yeah, Pacific Rim. That's another one where I watched that and I was like, "This is not. This is horribly written. The acting is terrible in it, and it just is nonsense." And I said to who I went to Amoeba the next day, the record shop, and I was telling them that I just saw it, and that I was like, "Usually, I you know Guillermo del Toro is such a good filmmaker." Blah blah. blah. And the guy said to me, "He goes, really? Name another good Guillermo del Toro movie." <laughs> and I was like, "Oh." Oh, that's interesting. I guess just <laughs> Pan's Labyrinth, <laughs> like the rest are just kind of like you know they're they're kind of schlock, which is not a criticism, but it it kind of hit me. I was like, yeah, you know what? That's true. Like I'm yeah. sitting here trying to like defend a movie because it's made by the guy who did Blade Two. That doesn't make a whole lot of sense.
0: Yeah, I suppose that uh, I suppose that's a an interesting point of view there. Uh, I don't know. I like I like Guillermo del Toro, yeah. but uh, Pacific Rim, though, just yeah. I- I, I will sit here and defend Godzilla vs. Kong to my dying day. Like when people call it dumb or whatever, or it's like a stupid movie, but it's got monsters fighting. And I'll, I'll, you know, try to defend it by saying, you know, but it gives us what we want. It's fun. Who cares if it's dumb? It's a giant monster movie with Kong and Godzilla fighting. Technically, that that description should help a movie like Pacific Rim, but it just doesn't because it's not fun at all.
1: Right. Well, when, when in Pacific Rim, when they, I, I, I barely remember it because it was so terrible, but I remember they're like fighting this one monster for a really long time and uh, then out of nowhere, they just pull a sword out. Mm-hmm. and i'm like well that would have been useful 25 minutes ago like like why aren't you using your sword to fight this thing you know and the pacific rim the problem with that movie is it didn't take the time to think things through right mm-hmm. so like you know like yes now they have a sword you can tell that like they're like oh and then he pulls out a sword as they're writing the script but now you right. got kong godzilla versus i keep calling it kong versus godzilla you could see where my loyalty lies but godzilla yes, versus really. kong that acts right mm-hmm. like that acts it comes from somewhere, if you will, you know what I mean? And not only does it come from somewhere, but it has a history to it. And it has a, that they, that they sum up in eight seconds. You know what I mean? That it's a piece from like one of the Godzilla's defeated, you know, blah, 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 blah. That's why it's recharged by his energy. It's yeah. That's what you do. You get us into it. You know what I mean? You get us excited about it and then you utilize it like, and so it's thrilling, you know? And, and there's another shot in this movie that's straight out of Pacific Rim, but better. It's the shot where, it's in like when Godzilla and Kong are fighting, and it's inside um, like an office building, oh, that's a and great you see, shot. you com- have yeah, with the chairs, the conference yeah uh, conference room, and the chairs are jittering around until while Kong is slamming, and then they find the same thing. It reminded me of that shot in Pacific Rim where is it the monster? No, it's the robot like punches all the way through a building. And mm-hmm. the camera's like with the fist, and then it stops right before one of those. What is that little thing called with the balls that's on a desk where you like throw one and it hits the other?
0: Oh, yeah. The uh, whatever the energy, yeah, whatever but ball thing. It
1: like goes all the way and then barely just taps that a little bit and it goes back and forth. And it's like, yeah, that's kind of a cute joke, but not because it's nonsense, <laughs> you know, like that that wouldn't that thing would fall over already, and like the energy, you know, like. And I only criticize it for that because I remember they were like, "Oh, he, it's so authentic. Like you could see dust falling off buildings as the machines walk past them." And I'm like, "Yeah, well, the fucking eh. ball machine thing would have fallen over too." I'm just throwing that out there. It's
0: stupid. Meh. <laughs> I, I'm that well, asshole
1: watching a movie, but I'm like Godzilla vs Kong. You know, right on the money. It
0: yeah. rocks. Well, I'll go to another piece here, and uh, I'm going to go with Ant Man and the Wasp. So uh, this is. To me, personally, one of my favorite of the whole Marvel Cinematic Universe movies. And I love it because it's just a light, silly, fun blockbuster movie with just just the right amount of silliness and ridiculousness and also great action. It's super over the top, so super fun. Also has a lot of like the same kind of uh, trippy space travel things, although in that it's going into this... Uh, multiverse, tiny, you know, infinitesimal, small, you -hmm. know, whatever thing. And that turns out to be trippy travel mechanics involved. And here we're going into the hollow earth, which also happens to need trippy travel mechanics because of (laughs) the inversion of uh, gravity as you go through that or whatever it is. But uh, regardless, just pure fun. And some people don't want to accept that a movie can just be pure fun. And that's what both of these movies are to
1: me. Right, well I mean when you try to fake pathos, that's the most uninteresting thing you could do in a movie to me. You know what mm-hmm. I mean when you when you try to manufacture pathos and it's sincerity is key, authenticity is key and Godzilla versus Kong said, well I mean it's Godzilla versus Kong. You know what yes. I mean? Like that was their attitude. What can't we do? You know? Yes. And um and that's the kind of thing that I'm 100% uh on board for. Uh Ant-Man and the Wasp yeah, no, I I wanted to say that I liked that one, but I didn't. But I found it less offensive than I found than I find offensive in the in this uh, filmmakery sense. You know what I mean? Sure. Than I do like something like Infinity War or Civil War or you know like uh because they are just fun little heist adventure movies. You know, and, mm. and either that's your bag or it's not your bag. and It's not my bag. You know. Right. I felt the same way about the Spider Mans, the the Marvel Spider Mans, where it's like finally here are Marvel movies specifically designed for eight-year-olds you right. know what i mean like for like the eight to twelve year olds like and and yeah. that's pure what they are and that's why they're kind of my favorite of the phase uh whatever four marvel movies like they who could keep count yeah who cares anymore i see all this <laughs> yeah. stuff for like wandavision and falcon and i'm like isn't it over like (laughs) haven't we gotten enough didn't we see this through already you know and and you talk about martin scorsese saying the thing about you know marvel movies aren't cinema and that started that whole you know whatever i think i'm seeing you're wearing a marvel a martin scorsese marvel shirt sure am brilliant but see again that's why king kong works it literally is a theme park ride like we were saying earlier it has the moments from the theme park ride in it and and i think that that's you know where scorsese was misunderstood That, like, Mm -hmm. he wasn't complaining that these movies are getting made. He's complaining that these are the only movies getting made.
0: Right. Yeah, Or at least the only movies that get any of the air in the room once they are made. Right, exactly.
1: So what do you got for your next piece? My next piece is actually the last one that I have. Um, Okay. And it's uh, a bit of a cheat piece um, because it's an opportunity to talk about the greatest film franchise of all time, Mm. which is the Fast and the Furious (laughs) Um of course. Yes, I will. I, I This piece is not just um, for this Kong Godzilla movie alone, but for the whole Godzilla Kong series that's been happening here, where um, what the Fast and the Furious has done for movies has been the, kind of the only, like, I describe it like Great Gatsby, where it's the, the green light at the end of the dock, you know, at the end mm. of the, is uh, they understood in this era where like Christopher Nolan and the Bourne movies brought us down to this gritty, realistic, blah, blah, blah world. Like they, they were the only movies out there that were like, well, no, like that (laughs) being gritty and dark and realistic doesn't make a movie authentic or interesting or better. Like what makes a movie good is the sincerity at which you approach it. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? If you, the filmmaker, or you, the actor, believe what's happening, then it will work. Right. Like, truly, like, like you know. And Vin Diesel, it's proof, Vin Diesel and Justin Lin, really, like, they say, okay, so, like, in this part, the tank, you know, is coming and she has to jump off of it and Vin Diesel's gonna launch off of his car, save her as she's, you know, flying over the overpass and they're gonna slam into another car and That's how they're gonna save her, okay? That's what we're doing today, and they believe mm-hmm. it. And and I think Vin Diesel is the actual key to it because I mean, even what was that movie Bloodshot? Yeah, like it was so good, and it was so good because <laughs> Vin Diesel was like, so he's like a soldier, and he like uh, can't die. Okay, let's do it. You know, let's do it. And and the Fast and the Furious movies have gotten more and more absurd as they've gone on. You know what I mean? Like, they, yeah. They were never super realistic. You know, even the first one is, you know, very machismo, you know, whatever. But as they've gone on, they said they were like when they got to the second one, they're like, oh, okay, so we can like jump off of a pier and land on a yacht and you think that's cool. Okay, you know, Mm -hmm. like they just kept pushing what we would allow them to do. And by the time we got to eight, which I just rewatched the whole franchise because F9 is coming out and will hopefully be the greatest movie of all time, uh, Fate of the Furious I like watching yesterday. That's my favorite one, and it's yeah. my favorite one because it is so beautifully absurd. We talk about Godzilla or Kong getting brought back to life with the spaceship, you know. Mm. And I was watching that in the theater and going, "I buy it." Yep, that's right. Fucking, yeah. you know, adrenaline shot to the heart. it's all he needs. Yeah, I was thinking that in Fate of the Furious, where um at the end, spoilers, where <laughs> um Dom has the heat seeking missile. <laughs> <laughs> has the heat-seeking missile coming toward him, and he's driving on the ice, and he has to take out the submarine. And what he ends up doing is he like flies off of this like breaking piece of ice and hits the submarine as it's like coming up just in the right way. Is. His back tire hits it and spins around the the front of the submarine, so that the missile ends up hitting the submarine instead of him, and it explodes. And his yes. car is flipping, and it's on fire, and he jumps out of it as it's flipping on the ice on fire. It's like, okay, we've seen this before in a Fast and Furious movie. It's great. But then this gigantic fireball comes up, and it's coming toward him, and this is it for Dom. But then suddenly all the other cars come out of nowhere <laughs> and like surround <laughs> him in some like cocoon of some kind that protects him from a fireball. Um, sure. And I was sitting there watching it, and immediately I was like, I buy it. Yeah. Like, I buy it. They saved him. <laughs> like, that's all I care about in this moment <laughs> is that the themes of the movie have come together to save the hero from literally from hell. Like, yes. you know, and uh, and that's that's the language that's missing in in summer blockbusters. And that's where movies like the Marvel movies have really just shit the bed, in my opinion, where mm-hmm. it's like they take themselves, I don't want to say too seriously because people seem to misunderstand what I mean because they are silly cartoon, whatever, but like they, they think too highly of themselves. They, Mm -hmm. they, they overreach, you know, these are movies for children, you know, no matter how cool Captain America is, he will always be something that was meant for a 10 year old, you know? And, uh, and there's nothing wrong with that. We don't have to justify it as adults. We don't have... It doesn't have to be real or gritty or, like, whatever for it to be meaningful. We can still enjoy it, you know? Yeah. And uh, hopefully that's the lesson taken from Godzilla vs. Kong, is that, like, we we don't have to be afraid to just enjoy something. We don't have to justify enjoying something, you know? Yeah. And And um, what was the name of this filmmaker? Uh, Adam Winger. Yeah. What he showed... In this, to me, is what a true filmmaker is supposed to do, which a true filmmaker is supposed to know more than the audience, Mm -hmm. right, and to deliver what he knows in a palatable way and not get in the way of that.
0: I would say to add on to that, also to care, right, like to actually care about what they're making so much because they're, you know, and I guess... As much as I love Peter Jackson's King Kong, I could see how someone might say that that can lead to you know overblown and whatever you, you whatever you want to level at it, yeah, <laughs> carrying too much. But still, you got to You got to carry. Can't just be like, oh, we're making this movie, so here's here, we're going to do A, B, C, and D. Like it's got to actually come from a place of wanting to see uh, these characters and these these scenarios play out.
1: Right, and and wanting and caring more about them than you do yourself, though. So yeah. like like that, uh, I think it's Tarantino uh, said it, where he said, if you truly love cinema to your core, you can't make a bad movie. Mm-hmm. And what he means by that is that like, if you care more about the movie or movies more than you do about what you like or what you want to say or what, you know, if you care more about it than, than that, then your movie will be good. You know, like right. filmmakers, especially today, are so it, it, we see like these two polar extremes. We see really indulgent movies, or we see really just cookie cutter manufactured movies. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And we got so sick and tired of the manufactured movies that we be, that filmmakers became indulgent. But you don't balance a scale by tipping it. You know right, what I mean? Right. You you center yourself. You find your center. You find the perfect balance. Yeah. And um, and I think that. Uh, Godzilla versus Kong is that perfect balance. It's like, yes, we could nitpick the fact that this podcaster is admitting over his podcast that he's a sleeper cell inside of this, you know, (laughs) facility. And yes, we could nitpick that, like, there is no sun in the center of the earth and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Or Millie
0: Bobby Brown listens to a podcast while staring at her screen at the art of the podcast. Well, I mean that bugged the hell out of me. Do you, do you do you, you, when you listen to piecing it together, do you look at my puzzle pieces the whole time? Yes, especially because
1: I'm I'm driving. And Yeah, uh, yeah while I driving. It, yeah, I, yeah, I like to have my, you know, like the little holder for my phone for GPS. I put that up there and I just I just yeah. put I actually just put your profile picture and I think what a guy while Even while better. driving. <laughs> Even better. But but yeah, but again, what you it's it's almost like a great romantic comedy where it's not like you're not trying to make the audience guess, will they or won't they get together? You want the audience to insist that they get together. Like mm-hmm. for the audience, they have to get together. And in this yeah. movie, you know, it, it, you're, not, you're not trying to make it realistic or make it even make sense. You're trying to, you want the audience to want these people to succeed, to want these people to go on this adventure, to you know what I mean? So yeah, you, like that's the goal. And uh, and they pulled that off flawlessly. Well, absolutely not flawlessly. I mean, I well, maybe you know, not. There's a couple little things where I'm like, eh, well, you know, you try a little harder. But overall, like, I can't even imagine making a movie on this scale, though. Like oh. that—that's another thing that like just does not get enough appreciation. That like, dude, if you can if you can make a movie this big and make it like work, like I think of that every time I watch uh, the Blues Brothers. When mm-hmm. like at the end, when they're going into the building and all the SWAT and all the Marines and all the Army and all the you know are coming in all at once, there's thousands of extras, and all I'm sitting there thinking is like, that's a lot of costumes, you know? Like like <laughs> right. I just got done making my 14th movie, and like I did the costumes on it for like 10 people for the whole movie, and I was just mm-hmm. like, I don't know how I'm gonna keep this together. But then I see like that one, I see something like Godzilla vs Kong, and I'm just like, they had to make all those jumpsuits. Like, yeah. that's a lot of mental real estate, you know? And, and I have such a respect for people who can make movies like
0: this. It's a it's a, a whole fucking other game, like, yeah. <laughs> dealing, dealing with all this stuff. It's crazy. And,
1: and we talk about, you know, they, we've devalued it, you know what I mean? We, we, we expect, we're entitled to it. Give us our ne- next Marvel movie. It's been a year since Marvel. Meh. It's mm-hmm. like, yeah, these take time. It's a yes. lot of work.
0: Seriously. Well... I will uh, go with another piece, and that was your last piece, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, like I said before we started uh, recording, I I have like a whole bunch of Let's other hear. like little ones, but I, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna close out with two more uh, just to wrap it up. I think these are the the ones that I want to finish up on. Uh, I could have gone with a number of uh, crossover event type films of characters matching up with one another the one i think is the most important to bring up is freddy versus jason mm-hmm. um because i mean these two titans that people have wanted to see fight forever and of course we got king kong versus godzilla back in the 60s but uh this is so so yeah. much better and uh, such i mean that was silly this is a movie this is a movie that i'll watch many times over yeah. the rest of my life but as far as going to the story though you know you've got humans having to set these two unstoppable forces at each other. So that way uh, it's really the only way they're going to get out of this situation where one of them is going to kill everybody, basically, mm-hmm. if they don't get another one who technically could kill everybody too to kill that one. And so they just kind of got to set them at each other and get out of the way. And so I thought that as far as all of the versus movies, this is the one that I think fits the best.
1: I, I agree. And uh, um, I actually saw that movie... Uh, my film teacher took me to go see that movie, oddly yeah, enough. Nice. Um, and I had never seen any of the uh, Freddy or Jason movies. They that just never out. interested wow. me. So that was my first one. And um, that made me... that I liked that movie so much that I, I ended up going and watching the actual franchises. And I ended up loving every Nightmare on Elm Street movie. I thought they were mm-hmm. brilliant, all of them. The yeah. Jason ones were a little... But kind of like kong versus you know godzilla freddy is a character jason is a presence Uh you you know what i mean and and so there's like there's not a whole lot you can do with just a presence much like godzilla in my opinion you know godzilla is a lizard who wants to be left alone yeah you know king (laughs) kong and freddy are personalities there's something to latch on to there right You, you know what i mean um i think that this movie, like that movie, is just pure, like, either you get it or you don't. Yeah. You know? I think that's
0: absolutely right.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I talk about all these things of overreaching pathos, because you talk about the other versus movies, like Batman versus Superman, I mm-hmm. think is a masterpiece. because sure. Because it does that very thing that I was talking about, like, you know, creating pathos out of these comic book characters for children, but it actually pulls it off. You know, mm. which is why and and with some flaws like any movie, but like which is why I I I I'm such a big fan of that movie because it's like they did the impossible. Mm. You, you know, in my as far as I'm concerned, with Batman sure. versus Superman.
0: You know, speaking of Batman versus Superman, I wasn't gonna bring it up because I feel like every movie podcast that talked about this movie brought this up, but. Is there any way for a movie like this to exist where the two people who are in the title, the verses, aren't going to team up at the ends to fight a bigger foe? Like, well,
1: I mean, it, that is Freddy versus Jason. Yeah, I, it. Yeah, that's the only one. It yeah. really is. Yeah, because I, mean, I mean, like, well, I mean, you're already starting out in a bad place. You know what I mean? You're starting out in like, oh, everybody likes both of these characters. Yeah, you Whoops. can't kill one. Yeah, yeah, like, but not in the original Godzilla vs. Kong. I mean, depending on sure. where you were, either King Kong swims away or Godzilla swims away at the end. Uh-huh. I mean, for those of you who haven't seen it, that is how it ends. It, it literally, the American version ends with, they both razzle and fall into the water, and it's like, who survived? And then it cuts to, like, King Kong just, like, swimming home. Yeah. And, like, a news is like, we wish the, 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 the monkey well on his way home. Safe travels. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I mean, like, from, from the get-go, one of my kind of like, eh, going into this movie was that, of course, they're going to team up at the end and fight something else. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because, like, this whole franchise, though, has just been such a, you know, people talk about the Star Wars reboot being a shit show. Mm. Like, this is, like, the, this franchise is the biggest shit show. Like, oh, yeah. that first Godzilla, the, what's his name? G- Edwards? Gareth-, Gareth Edwards. Gareth Edwards. Yeah. Just, just the worst idea for a movie. one of those
0: boring movies i've seen in a
1: long time yeah well a realistic take on godzilla how dumb do you have to be like (laughs) like because like the joy of godzilla is watching him destroy buildings Mm -hmm. but if you see people getting hurt and people like no (laughs) like that's not that's not fun you know and and if that was their angle then good luck to them you know it was my attitude but then when i saw it i was like yeah you you tried to have your fucking cake and eat it too you fatty People will
0: do backflips trying to defend that movie and i just i don't get it Well i don't get it
1: at all See but that's the thing that's see David that's the secret to life is that people spend most of their lives pretending but the problem is that they don't know that they're pretending Um <laughs> right. uh, i'm serious like that's the crippling problem with this country at least um mm-hmm. but uh but yeah, that was just like such a terrible, like such a such a uh, such a flop, such a horrid idea, a realistic take on Godzilla. And yeah. then they they did the next one was the Kong Skull Island. And right. what I liked about that movie so much was that the di- director said, "What are you talking about? It's yeah. King Kong. <laughs> like it's this fucking is, King Kong. Yeah, this is this is a silly movie. And that movie is really it's not good because it's like it's just kind of." well first of all it's poorly cast other than sammy boy and it's really like <laughs> it, it like but the story is such an interesting idea shay you know? wiggum is fun in it Shea but... oh he's in that one? Yeah, yeah i love him yeah i forgot he, he's in that. he's fun in it but uh but yeah it, it's it's a very mixed bag though right but, but but i mean the opening shot of that is the best shot in the whole franchise of oh, this. Great, where the yeah. guy falls out of the sun brilliant yeah. brilliant <laughs> you know um but but that one got it right, you know, and then they tried yet again with Godzilla to have their cake and eat it too, which is like, oh, they liked that we went a little bigger with King Kong, but we're a gritty, realistic Godzilla, and they made that mm-hmm. terrible King of Monsters movie that, like, only Godzilla fans liked, and I think only Godzilla fans liked it because at least there were more monsters this time.
0: Right, um, right.
1: And like finally hitting that sweet spot was such a nice thing to see for this franchise because a lot of money goes into these movies. Like, yeah, you know, and, and, and it's a lot crazy. of, and if they are like Scorsese fears, if these are the kinds of movies that are going to be the only thing in theaters ever now, you know what I mean? Like at least do your best to make them like honest and true, you know, like, yeah. and, and this is a step in the right direction. I really hope that F9 follows it in that right direction. Because Mortal Kombat really, uh, for those of you who haven't seen it, Mortal Kombat is like a a step backwards in a way. It's almost like primitive at this point. People will look at this new Mortal Kombat and be like, oh, yeah, that definitely came out in like 2021. Where like (laughs) it wants to have pathos, but it's like, no, dude, that guy just used his hat to cut that demon in half. Like this this is a silly movie. (laughs) <laughs> but yeah, I I I am glad to see the pendulum swinging back in the other direction, and eventually it'll swing way too far in the the other direction. Like, of if, course, you know, and, and we'll be back to being like, come on, take it seriously again, you yeah. know. James Bond has to be real, you know.
0: <laughs> Speaking of silly movies, uh, I'm I'm going to close it out with one last puzzle piece that I I had to bring into the conversation, and that is. Dwayne the Rock Johnson vehicle rampage, Mm -hmm. the video game adaptation, which. I love, I know people think it's just too stupid to defend, but I love that movie so much. And that movie proved that you can have fun with giant monsters fighting each other. Mm -hmm. You can just set these giant CGI monstrosities at each other, have them attack, not be super serious like we talked about Pacific Rim earlier in the conversation. Uh, not, Not be, you know, rubber suit monsters like the old 70s and on back type things. Just go... Big go huge and have monsters destroying stuff in broad daylight and uh just make it make it for the people who want to see that. People like me,
1: yeah. I uh, dude, I i don't, I, we've never talked about this before, but um, uh, I like Rampage. I saw it in the theater, it's so much fun, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Jeffrey Dean Morgan, you know, I could watch him read a phone book, he's so great, yeah, you know, yeah. Um, and I think that he kind of saves it from The Rock. Um, the Rock and I are on are on a uh, uh, bad terms right now because he's just, well, you're team Vin, obviously. So, well, I mean like to be team Vin is means you've just, you've seen the movies, but, um yeah. but like, well, the rock, you know, his ego is just in the way, you know, he, he yeah. can't not play the rock anymore, you know? And that's, sure. that was starting to be the problem with the fast and the furious movies is that like yeah. Hobbs is so badass in the first one. Like he's a hard nosed, like he's scary, and by the time we get to like seven and eight, he's like soccer practice, Tay Tay concerts. It's yeah, like, yeah. Okay, you were doing Jumanji at the same time. Got it. Um, but <laughs> Rampage, yeah, no Rampage. I, but see, I will say this: I think that Rampage was like not. It was the right idea, but not not super well executed. Like mm. it, meaning that, like like I I so again, I really like it, but. It was like you could tell somebody wanted movies to be like this again, if you will. Like, was the feeling mm-hmm. like, "I want movie, I want to take movies back to this kind of movie making, not this stupid realistic Godzilla bullshit." And right. but that it obviously didn't have the source material, and it didn't have like the uh, the filmmaking behind it. It was you know, but but it was right. I was happy to see a movie like that. Yeah, you know. But what also, I mean? had
0: to get out from under the fact that it's a video game. And well, that's, that's always that's always a little bit of an uphill battle.
1: Not for me, but you know, I, I, yeah. I I'm, I'm a sucker for video game movies, man. Super Mario Brothers is one of the reasons why I'm a filmmaker. Like you know, I uh, I love those and and the people who talk shit about this new Kong, like you were saying, the people are like it's so stupid, it's so ridiculous, blah blah blah. Those David are the people who haven't seen it first of all, but sure. are also the kind of people that still think that they're smart because they tell people wrestling is fake. You know what I mean? It's like no wrestling fan thinks wrestling is real. Yeah. They get something that you don't and you're jealous. That's, that's the, that, you know, (laughs) that's right. And that's how, that's how I feel about this Kong, especially like, of course there are things you could nitpick, but if you nitpick this movie, you're an asshole, you know, because I think that, yeah, because it did what it, what it set out to do you yeah. know what i mean and 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 you cannot say that about any of the other movies in this franchise so yeah, absolutely
0: well i'll go ahead and do the finished puzzle here and then we'll get into some closing thoughts we talked about of course this movie paid homage to lethal weapon 2 die hard and pulp fiction then we went on to tron legacy speed racer the king kong universal ride south park the shape of water Pacific Rim, Ant Man and the Wasp, The Fast and Furious series, Freddy versus Jason, and Rampage. Joe, you got any closing thoughts? Anything we didn't quite get to with this?
1: No, I mean, but that list sounds like just a great weekend of watching movies. Like, like right? what, what a blast! Yeah, like, like, like I think that's the first time that, like, save for The Shape of Water, I'm like, that's a list of movies that, like, now I want to go watch all of those movies. You know? Yeah, uh, that's 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 funny. That's never happened, oh. at least between you and I, before on a list like this. Seriously.
0: The only other thing I would I would mention, uh, you know, you brought up when we were talking about Rampage, Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Um, I think Damien Bashir doing the similar, just chewing the freaking scenery the whole time, mm-hmm. just having such a blast. Knows exactly what movie he's making. Also, I'd say the same for Alexander Skarsgård, who I think is just having so much fun with this role. Yeah. So the, the two of them, just shout out to them for just getting it you know
1: i agree i and but and scars and uh you know uh senior bob from hateful eight there these are good (laughs) actors you know what i mean these are good Mm -hmm. actors who showed up to play these aren't people who need work these aren't people who you know are trying to like make a name for themselves these are people who said i want to be a part of this you Mm -hmm. know much like samuel jackson in kong skull island like like these are, these, and that to me is a real actor. That's the difference between like somebody like that and somebody like Leonardo DiCaprio, where it's yeah. like, no, like I'm here to cert, like I'm here because I love film. Right. You know, and right. and, uh, and that shows. And and again, good on Rebecca Hall because she could have shown up and like not given a shit. And I still would have thought she was brilliant in the movie because I mean, I'm only human. Um, right. But, uh, but, uh, but again, she even understood that like, how wonderful to be a part of that—that that thing, Kong. Yeah, and Godzilla. You're a part of that now forever. You, yeah. you know what I mean? And 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 and. And she
0: has some incredible lines, man. And so many just fun. You know, there can't be two apex predators or whatever. Like so many combats to, to know. know what I mean. Yeah, yeah.
1: But that character, though, I got to give it to the writing too, though. Like, I love that she never betrays her daughter. Like, right. even when Skarsgård is like, tell him his family's down there, right? Like, she straight yeah. up says to her daughter, like, his family might be down there. Yeah. And that's true. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like maybe she, she stays true to her, to, to who she is throughout the whole movie. And that's a hero. That's somebody that I want to see. I don't give a shit about... Aaron Taylor Johnson trying to get back to his wife because like he just got out of the military. That's such boring storytelling. That's so boring. It's like, so like what book did you pull that out of? But something like that, like I want to see Rebecca Hall succeed because she is doing her best to stay true. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's a fucking hero. You know, like that's, that's, (laughs) and that's why I love Dom. Like dude, the opening to fast eight, when he tosses the keys to the guy after, instead of taking his car, he's like, you learned to respect others, right? And fucking Charlie <laughs> Saren later on in the movie is like, you gave him his car back after you blah, blah, blah. You're getting weak, Dom. He goes, nah, I did that. Now he's changed forever. You know? Okay. Yeah.
0: Amazing. If I'm not on what, the what? show
1: for F9, I'm never going to forgive you. Never. oh yeah we'll, we'll do it for sure we'll do it for
0: sure uh, what, one very quick story and then, uh, and then we'll wrap this thing yeah. up but uh, when Damien Bashir first appeared on screen my buddy Will who I, I went to see this with uh, he leaned over and whispered to me is that Colin Farrell <laughs> and the idea of Colin Farrell in 2021 doing a Mexican accent in a big blockbuster made me laugh so hard <laughs>
1: die that's pretty good (laughs) you should do one of those (laughs) deep fake videos and put colin farrell's face over
0: (laughs) that's pretty good
1: that that is that's that's really Uh. good
0: uh, all right, Joe. Well, is there any other uh, movies that you saw recently you'd like to recommend to our listeners?
1: Yeah, um, I mean, not that I'd like to recommend to the listeners, but I will say that I love this movie that I saw called Doc, starring Stacy Keach and Faye Dunaway. And I also <laughs> loved another movie that I watched called The January Man with Kevin Kline. And of course, when I told my friends who are film people that I loved both those movies, they were all were like, "Those are terrible." But um, <laughs> I will recommend Jeffrey Dean Morgan. You just made me think of it. He was in this brilliant. The first time I ever saw him, he was in a brilliant horror comedy called um, Dead and Breakfast. It's a hmm. zombie comedy from like 2003, 2004, where he plays the sheriff of a small town uh, where at Bed and Breakfast, these tourists, of course, open up a ancient Chinese box of evil and zombies nice. get unleashed. And um, David Carradine is in it a little bit. And uh, if you haven't seen that movie, I'm not really big into horror movies, but like that movie is uh wonderful horror comedy and Jeffrey Dean Morgan gives a star making performance in that movie. He's also okay. really fat in that movie. Oh, he was, really? he was like, he was like a heavy set dude in that movie. Like, and he, he obviously shaped up afterward. You know what I mean? But like, yeah. it, you also get to see zombies rap in that movie. Ooh,
0: and, now I'm, I'm in, yeah. I gotta
1: watch this. Yeah.
0: Oh yeah.
1: And that title, come on, dead and breakfast. <laughs> yeah, that's great. That what really about was...
0: you? Have you seen anything? My movie watching has been, uh, really kind of weird lately because mm-hmm. uh, leading up to Godzilla vs. Kong knowing that that was going to be my first movie back to the theater by the way since a uh anniversary screening of King Kong uh the original 1933 on March 15th of last year so knowing that it was going to be my first time back to the theater I watched a whole bunch of like King Kong and Godzilla related movies leading up to this and right. so that was most of my movie watching and most of them are not very good
1: yeah no kidding <laughs> yeah
0: well, Joe, uh you want to uh plug what you got going on with your films right now?
1: I mean, I yeah, I'm just very excited about the new one. It uh my my wife is in it. Um it's her first film and she is uh like um just she's such a fucking star. Like like and that's not coming from like the husband side of me. That comes from like I made the foolish mistake of writing a movie that like 75% of it is one person on a telephone right. stuck in her, you know what I mean? And uh, <laughs> And we, the whole crew, like, you know, of five of us, we sat there looking at that monitor every day, just like, holy shit, you yeah. know? Um, and uh, so I'm very excited that, like, to see one of my films come to life in a way that they never have before. And uh, it's all because of her. So that, it's called Natasha Hall. And we're going it, to, it'll be, I'll be screening it all over the country the second half of the year here when things reopen up. And uh, yeah, hopefully it'll be the first one we kind of get out there in the big, uh, you know, Oopla, beautiful
0: well uh joe thank you so much for doing this and yes we will definitely be back for fast nine when that comes out
1: oh if it comes out i'm still you know (laughs) skeptical thank you so much for having (laughs) me are you obsessed with movies down to sunny tropical Akron, Ohio, to Binge Movies, the only video store in the world secretly owned and op. <laughs> Our courteous and polite staff are joined by film critics and podcasters from around the world to review, rank, and eliminate all but those movies most worthy of preservation for all time, even beyond the end times, and most worthy of your time. Our staff also has perfectly curated shelves just to make your entertainment choices that much easier. So come on down to Binge Movies, available on all of your favorite podcast apps. We've got the hits.
0: All right, so I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Joe Black about Godzilla versus Kong. Let us know if we missed any major puzzle pieces. Obviously, we could have gotten into a lot more. We barely even touched on the Hollow Earth. There's so much going on in there. I actually had like three or four puzzle pieces just... Based on Hollow Earth alone. But, uh, you know, there's... It's been over an hour. That's, that's long enough. We did we did a long enough episode, I think. But, uh, hey, if you have any puzzle pieces you think that we should have talked about, why don't you get in touch with me? You can get in touch on Twitter, at Piecing Pod. Join our Facebook group, Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces, where we're always continuing the conversation about all the movies we talk about here on the show. Or you could just contact me through the website, piecingpod.com. Go... Check it out, check out all our past episodes, check out everything else we got going on there, and get in touch. Uh, also, if you really like what we're doing here on the show, make sure you share it. Thank you so much to all the listeners that are out there. Sharing the show really gets it in front of new ears, and we are trying to appeal to new ears every time you put a new episode out. So, uh I I just said ears twice in a row, and I don't know. It feels weird. I don't like saying the word ears. It's a weird word. Um, New listeners. We want to appeal to new listeners. So share us with all of your friends and let them know about piecing it together. Uh, aside from that, we also have a Patreon, I should mention, the Produced by David Rosen Patreon, where I post bonus content and advanced content from Piecing It Together, from Awesome Movie Year, from my music career, and anything else I got going on. I also do these monthly month wrap-up things that I've been doing the last couple of months. I'll be recording another one of those this week, actually, to, uh, put up for May 1st, but... Yeah, I always try to put more and more bonus content on the Patreon. It's patreon.com slash bydavidrosen. Check it out. If you like what we're doing here on the show, subscribe. Help support the show. And the more subscribers we get, the more extra bonus content we're going to make for it. So go check that out. So that does it for this conversation. Let's close this thing out with a piece of music. And, you know, I'm so excited about Godzilla vs. Kong that it puts me in a good mood. I think I'm going to play us out with a preview of some new music. How about that? This is an untitled track, and uh, it's not quite finished yet, but it's something I'm working on for my next album. So let's just play it, and hopefully you like it. And hopefully I get this album finished soon and we'll have another album out there. In the meantime, though, you can check out my latest album, David Rosen. It's available on all the streaming services and on iTunes and on Bandcamp. Uh, But for now, here's a brand new piece of music.